0: welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. Racer turned coach Ben Clark is my expert guest again this week. On this action-packed episode, we are taking a look back at the amazing weekends of racing, the men's action from Vengen on the iconic Lauberhorn and the women's competition from Cortina D'Ampezzo, before looking ahead to the women's speed races in Garmisch with Downhill on Saturday and Super G on the Sunday. Then we preview the most famous and dangerous track in World Cup, Kitzbühel and the Hahnenkamm. And finally, the eagerly awaited night slalom from Schladming. Ben, let's get started. Vengen certainly lived up to expectations, didn't it?
1: Yeah, it did. Uh, Started off with a bit of a strange uh, start to the weekend with the Combined. Mm. Very strange to see the slalom going first, something we chatted about last week about the uh, races, uh, Combined always seeming to favour the tech guys, and then they get their run first and out of the way nice and early. Yeah, I think it it worked really well, actually,
0: having it round the, the wrong way, if you like, because... Yeah, so often we see the slalom guys getting a nice clean track on the second round and then the downhillers who are going last who are also skiing through ruts as well as obviously on tiny skis that they never ski on. So I think it actually worked out really nicely and I think it's levelled the playing field a bit more.
1: It did, but we still ended up with Jim Raleigh, the tech guys on top, with uh, Marco Schwartz winning, Rufojean Day in second and, and Pantaro uh, in third. Yeah, so, so it didn't
0: really shake it up <laughs> didn't really shake it up that much though.
1: But you said you said as well when we were talking uh before the race weekend that a lot of the downhill guys use it as an extra practice run so I guess the people that had that in mind almost had that taken away from them. They or it, had to or ski the slalom. To, yeah,
0: exactly. Forced them to ski the slalom. So maybe we lost a couple of guys who would have just done the downhill first and then been absent at the start of the second run, so.
1: Yeah. No no Herschel or Christofferson as well, probably signaling their intent that they're not really fancy in the, the uh, yeah, carnage of of a Wengen downhill, even a shortened version before, yeah, guess, the, before the slalom.
0: I guess it's just not worth injury, right, with world champs on the horizon and Hirscher's leading the overall by so much. I I, I did wonder whether we would see him just because it's another place for him to pick up a, another win or potentially another win. But we also have seen him not skiing at his best, haven't we? So I think maybe he'd taken a little time to sort of try and iron out some of the... Not issues that are creeping into skiing,
1: but certainly some of the some of the less good skiing, if you like, as well. Looking at the conditions, with it being a bit cloudy and overcast, a lot of the absolute tech purists probably would have looked out the window in the morning and said, "I really don't fancy a yes, downhill today."
0: Yeah, and it and the slalom itself ratted up pretty quickly as well, didn't it? It so did. It's a bit of a number, numbers game for the for, for the first run.
1: What I was happy to see, though, was come Saturday, the weather was absolutely perfect for for a downhill. So many races that we've had this season have been a little bit messed around with the weather, or it's been a challenge for the skiers, which is absolutely fine, but sometimes for a race like Wenger, you just want the conditions to be perfect, so it is just all guns blazing.
0: Yeah, exactly. But Marco Schwartz picking up the win, I, I was so pleased, especially after he's been leading these first runs in slalom racing and sort of not choked under the pressure, but obviously the pressure's got to him and he's DNF'd a couple of times. And then to see him really hold his own on that sack run, yes, it was a downhill, but he skied with some really good downhill moves. And then Mufajonde skiing incredibly well in downhill. He was 10th in the downhill training run, the last training run before. That's crazy, isn't it? The, uh, before the combined. And then Pantero backing up his skiing already this, towards the latter part of early season, finishing on the podium.
1: Yeah, for Pantro, you know, fairly... Solid skiing by his standards. He's a fairly consistent combined skier. before jean as we said before, won last year, so backing up that result. But like you said, for Marco Schwartz, it was quite interesting watching on, on the telly. A lot of the speculation was that perhaps the lead the Slalom guys had wasn't going to be enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're used to seeing much bigger gaps. I don't know whether, obviously, doing things the opposite way round made a difference there or not. But it was, I was quite surprised at how well the slalom guys held on in in, a, in the downhill.
0: It is a shortened downhill, so you lose that tucking top section. Megan itself. It isn't the most challenging of downhills, is it? I mean, it's got cool features. Yeah. <laughs> Never did it. All right. It's not got the gnarly fit. It's just got the. It, it's The, le- long. the length yeah. of it is is its biggest hurdle, and they kind of make it easier, obviously, by missing out that fifty seconds worth of tucking at the top, as you put it last week. I did try this
1: forty-five before you get to the corner of <laughs> the restaurant where everyone was, uh, where all the fans are on. I was watching on the uh, on telly it was fixed. Yeah, forty-five seconds straight tucking before they pop out for that sweeping left footer uh,
0: and then the downhill on saturday was bunkers. it was hell for leather everyone was pushing to the absolute limit and Vengen was in all its glory
1: it was it looked amazing mm. and like i said last week the shots were number one and and people after tv break go down you've got the helicopter following them down was was absolutely brilliant and as well the top three being so close so obviously creek winning Get one for the Austrians on Swiss soil. Always good to yeah. rile up their favourite rivals. Fights for a while looked like he'd done enough. Point one four off, and then uh, Alexander Almont killed a point two six off. That's that's not much when you're thinking yeah. two and a half minutes down yeah. for the three for the podium to be that close. Um, so yeah, it was. All round, those guys were pretty pretty close together and some really good skiing. It
0: looked amazing. This, the piece itself was in great shape. It wasn't as icy as normal with that fresh snow that had come in over the week preceding, so it wasn't quite as quick through some of the faster sections, but it had everything else, didn't it? The guys were on the absolute limit. And unfortunately, Bootsy, the Italian, who ended up skiing into fifth, crashing in the finish area.
1: Yeah, that was a real shame. I, I, saw, I saw his run and thought that's a, that's a really good effort to make up those spaces on the on his start number and the, the crash didn't look massive. No. It looked quite innocuous and and you just said sort of slid week... into those air fences didn't Yeah, it? you you said on the, on the podcast last week that that is one of the smallest finish areas going for one of the longest downhills yeah. and the likes of Bodie Miller previously planning to just lay down in the finish area because you don't have enough control of your no. legs to stop uh, safely.
0: Yeah, it's a shame. I think it was his um best performance in World Cup and then fractures the tibia uh, falling in the finish which is a real shame and not only was it tough for him it was tough for Ottmar Striedinger who came down after him skied all the way down till the final split so over two minutes worth of racing got yellow flagged and then it's like right you back to the start and have another go after you've you're exhausted
1: on the plus I don't. Chairlift probably takes a while to get back up to the top no, got anyway. The chopper, chopper. Got the chopper, chopper. Got the chopper back yeah, up. straight to oh, the chopper, yeah. So his well. wax man was having absolute kittens at the top trying to work out what to do with these skis. Yeah, I do think
0: that they they probably do for Vengen. You probably do have a backup pair at one of the bigger teams. Um because he's probably got about 30 sets of skis yeah, exactly. at the top so, of the hill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I think they probably had a backup pair just for that eventuality because it would make such a big difference, especially on that gliding stuff at the top to have a freshly waxed set of skis as, a, as opposed to one that's already done two minutes worth of worth of skiing. So that made it pretty tough for that poor chap.
1: Svindal, near the podium, back to fourth, looking a bit more like his old self. Yeah, I totally agree. He looked not... a lot
0: more confident than he did at Paulmere. Yeah, he was fully attacking, he was taking risks and he you know found himself pretty close to getting himself on the podium and for him to... Put down a really solid marker before Kittsfield and before the World Champs. I think he needed it
1: for himself. And Jansrud looks like he's dropping, dropping off the pace a bit. He really didn't look like himself. He hasn't done for a while this no. season. He started first couple of races with some podiums and just seems to have tailed away a bit.
0: Yeah, it's unclear what's been going on with him because he we've not seen. I mean, again, yes, he's still scoring top tens and stuff, but he's not podiuming every race weekend at least, which is what we're normally seeing from him. But uh, yeah, he's, which we'll talk about a bit later, but he actually picked up an injury today, which means he's going to miss Kitspiel now. So and maybe it's going to give him a chance to sort of take the pressure off by being injured. Maybe that's going to end up being a bit of a blessing in disguise for him. And the track held up pretty good. Martin Shatter, who's the Slovenian guy, started with 41 and into eighth place.
1: It's always nice when people from further back are, feel like they've got a chance in the race to, to actually impact the top 10 because you don't want to be standing there with a high big number thinking i'm just literally here to make up the numbers okay. um there's nothing worse than having people already handing out medals when you're coming through the finish area as i can attest you <laughs> from personal experience <laughs> and then you finally got a pick right in the slalom end. Climb on the uh, uh, yes finally <laughs> it may have
0: taken me 13 episodes uh, and about 40 races but i did actually manage to finally call one uh, uh yeah so i'm very proud of myself and i'm gonna i might stop picking just so i can Retire on a high, <laughs> but yeah, Clem and Noel. What a run!
1: What a what a, two fa- runs. What a, what a <laughs> first run! See just how fast he went on the first run, and then the composure amidst all of that noise and chaos to do what was probably a, an efficient second run. It was still incredible, mm. but when you're used to seeing Hersher coming down trying to set the second, the fastest second run already with a lead, yeah, he, he did exactly what he needed, uh, Noel, to just punch one into the finish, get yes. it in, keep the keep the lead. Feller had done a brilliant job keeping Hersher at bay as well after his second run charge. And, you know, the top three being separated by a tenth of a second is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, uh, you're right with that pressure as well. So you had Christofferson come down into the lead and then, and then Hersher comes down and puts down one of his monster charge second runs and you kind of think oh here we go again this is going to be another one of those days where Marcel Hirscher just decides he's going to win (laughs) (laughs) and then Feller coming down taking it by you know three hundredths over him just the elation on him because you know you think if you beat Marcel Hirscher that means you're going to win right I've I've won won a World Cup (laughs) (laughs) but no yeah Noel just managing to keep such a cool head on those young shoulders only 21 years old first time leading a second run if I'm not mistaken so He's been, and he was, he looked so calm on the way down. Like you say, maybe he was not going blistering like he did on that first run, but he was so subtle and so clean. Yes, that's his style, but it was so nice to see. We'd spoke about it earlier in previous podcasts about how he hasn't yet been able to do two runs. And we we saw a glimpse of it last weekend, obviously, with the second place. And then this weekend, just absolutely just dominating uh, with a great
1: ski and a very composed ski. It is him and him and Loic Mayard are probably my two uh, favorite guys to watch, just in terms of the the subtlety and smoothness with which they ski in comparison to some of the other top guys. A bit like Kristofferson when he first burst onto the scene, everything was touch and feel and glide, which isn't something you see as much in slalom. A lot of the time, it's the that the kind of thing you see from the some of the Swedish guys or the Austrians is a lot more kind of power and explosivity. Uh, yeah, exactly. uh,
0: and I've just got I've just got a note I have got. Craig Robinson who who decided that the fastest guy would win um messaged me straight after this race and said when Manu Fella came down in the lead that he was right to pick Manu on a crazy track and the crazy guy on a crazy track and then he corrected himself he said that the fastest guy doesn't always win it's the averagely it's the what did he say Technically, it's the, the fastest doesn't always win. You need to be averagely the fastest. <laughs> averagely which the fastest. Sounds uh, very much like something Craig would say. Yeah, trying to argue his way out of it. But yeah, again, Craig, another pick, good pick for Craig as the fastest guy did actually win.
1: He did. They skied brilliantly. Um, what was really interesting in, in that race as well was Hersh again, not really. Looking himself on that first run, he clicked out of his skis and um, just walked off and left them uh, behind for the tech man to go and deal with. Like he was disgusted with them and would never touch them again, which isn't something we'd really. See. It doesn't like normally he's angry if he skis out, but for him to be nine tenths off someone in the slalom race on the first run was incredible. I think his
0: he's been it's been brewing really, hasn't it? We've seen it for the last. Four or five slaloms, He's been he's winning, but he's struggling. Mm. The, the the early early season, he would absolutely obliterate everybody, and it would look very calm and it would look very easy for him. But at the moment, it looks hard. It looks like he's working really, really hard. We seem to have lost that sort of ease from him, the natural sort of the acceleration from turn to turn, and he's it's lost his invincibility. Well, he certainly lost um. his invincibility. <laughs>
1: You've said on commentary a few times that a lot of the time that he is recovering from the mistakes almost before he makes them. And right now, they're just creeping in, even if it's only a gate he's made a mistake for. You could see him yes. using all of his core strength to try and get back into the right position for the next turn. And it's, it's interesting, especially with the world champs around the corner, whether I was trying to work out whether he's just eased off in training a little bit, so that means there are more errors... Coming into race day, or, or whether he's just—he might just be a bit tired. He's, he pushes himself so hard in all of the races that he could just be a bit fatigued, and it might be worth his while having a, uh, you know, a bit of a lighter week uh, in the build-up.
0: Yeah, there's not a lot of time to be lighter week, is there? We've got obviously this coming weekend, the Kittsville Slalom, and obviously then we've got Schladming Night Slalom, and then all of a sudden it's going to be World Champs before you know it.
1: Maybe he just yeah. wants to make everyone feel like they've got a chance I yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, just helping TV ratings uh, what, what was really awesome as well Dave had a, another oh. good well strong first run and then great second run again I think he had the fastest top split on the second run of anyone, which when you saw how angry Herschel was when he came out of the Stargate it was pretty impressive that yeah. they still beat him on the first on the first split as well. Eighth position. Both uh, both first splits, we we talked before about he he kinda of looked like he was lacking a bit of intensity or aggression. Obviously we saw him come out last week being a little bit on on that aggressive side but said we were happy with that kind of speed and aggression at the top Mm. and both runs had that this weekend and yeah I was really happy with the skiing.
0: Yeah it was really nice to see again that he didn't let Adelboden sort of bring him down and he didn't revert back to that safe skiing Yeah, he did charge. I think the bottom of the first run was probably a bit too safe but then another second run charge you know, it's another great sort of step into this. You know, ne- this coming weekend side of that podium, the second place a couple of seasons ago. So hopefully that builds him up, and then world champs again. It's all it's all building in the right direction, and it feels like he's turned a bit of a corner in terms of trying to find what works with this setup as well.
1: Yeah, like we said right at the start of the year, he's back on the the Dina Star kit that he used to be on back in the day. You know, it's going to take a few races to be fully confident in them. Obviously, you've got a summer's worth of training, but nothing's quite the same as racing World Cups. And Laurie just
0: missing out on that top 30 again like we said last time. I think it's, it's getting tougher and tougher and I think the men's slalom field the depth of talent is insane and I think that it's, it's so tricky to get the second round and he had sections again where it looked like he was going to get a close to the second you know he was going to get close to the second round but unfortunately not quite able to string one whole run yet.
1: A bit like we've said with the likes of Clem putting two runs together to make a good race day, it's going to be the same with, with Laurie moving forward to so just putting together those sections to get that first run uh, as as good as it can be. And, and like you've alluded to, there's more slaloms come in very quickly, so he's not going to be short of opportunities in the yeah, next exactly. couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, and he's still young, obviously. So Hopefully he can. He, he is still taking heart from it and obviously Dave doing well brings the whole team Pushes them in the right direction. Uh, let's uh, go to the women's race in Cortina. That track is cool, isn't it? That start gate right next to that monster rock. It's its own iconic raceway, isn't it, for the ladies? It
1: is. It's a, re- it's a really cool-looking track to race down. Uh, it looks like they've got quite a lot of fan engagement there. They really get people excited, which is a lot more of what you want to see. You don't want to see races where there's no one on the side of the piece. Yeah. To, just family and friends and the few avid fan clubs in, yeah. the, in the Finnish area. A lot more people actually coming out because they really want to see What's these the, these women going ridiculous speeds on the slope. And it was a very, very busy few days. And they did two training runs in one day on Thursday in the downhill and then straight into two downhill races before the Super G on the Sunday. The Austrians had a pretty good weekend in, in, in both women's and men, but Stephen Hoffer... Getting the double, I said Stu Hetch would win the treble. Uh, she, tried. <laughs> she tried, she tried, she got on the on the podium in one of the downhills uh, or, or both downhills. She got second and a third, and was looking really good in the super G before she came out. So I felt pretty good with the Stu Hetch treble uh, pick. But Siebenhofer takes the uh, the plaudits from the weekend with with winning both downhills.
0: Yeah, double downhill win, and Stu Hetch was winning that opening downhill, and it was such a tight race and you kind of thought that it was done and dusted, then down comes Siebenhofer and just takes a a, a win and then backs it up again the following day, and Schmidhofer was second, and then Stuhetz again picking off another podium in third. What was
1: quite interesting on that first day was, until Siebenhofer came down, the rest of the top ten was a four-tenths apart. And Which then is she so came good down, to see, isn't it? And then she came down and put four-tenths on the entire top ten. <laughs> to, <laughs> but even 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 with that, having the whole top ten covered by eight-tenths of a second is 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 really close racing. Yeah, especially that's when exactly you, what we want to see. it, so. and you've got nine girls covering four tenths of a second. That's that's really tight, especially for speed as well. That's a really tight racing.
0: Yeah, it just does show that the the speed side, nobody's dominating. I mean, obviously, we're going to come on to Schifrin dominating <laughs> in in the tech races and now looking like she's going to start dominating Super G, undefeated in Super G this season. Let's talk about Lindsay Vaughan with her big comeback for Cortina. Uh, It didn't really go the way that she hoped or the way I I think we expected. I kind of expected her when she sort of earmarked Cortina as her comeback. and, And I thought that she would be at the top of her game. I think I said it before that I believed when I saw her name on the list, it meant that she was strong and fit and ready to go. And when I say strong and fit, I don't mean that she's been sitting on the couch eating pies. For, you mean race fit. But, exactly, <laughs> race fit. And, you know, the top of her game, ready to start challenging and, and carrying on chasing these wins. Uh, but 15th in the first race and then 9th in the second. Uh, and the
1: and the thing you notice is she's skiing with two massive knee braces under her kit. Yeah, and it's, it's hard to tell just what kind of shape she's in. You see on the Instagram or, or social media in general, she's always in the gym. She's always working really hard on her fitness, but is is it getting to the point where the pain and instability in her joints is is so bad that she can't really, not that she can't compete, but she can't get out of her body what she thinks is left in there. Um, and it's it's a, it's a bit of a shame to see. It, it's by no means the end of her, but the, the tear she was in having to stop in a Super G because she was just in too much pain to carry on is definitely not what we were expecting from her when... We were saying last week, if she's putting a name on the start list, it's because she thinks she can win.
0: Well, you say that it could end up being a farewell. There's a few rumours going around online saying that she's considering her options again because she thought that she was race fit and ready to go. And I, and I believe from what I've read on the internet that she's, it's it was a lot more painful than she thought it was going to be. And, and she's thinking if this is actually going to be possible and if you know she's won everything there is to win in ski racing and she does she's got nothing left to prove obviously she's going again after this Denmark record but she doesn't need to prove it and if she's not going to win then she's not going to be here anymore
1: it's a bit of a tough one because you see some of the elder racers Lassie Hughes back in the day when he was racing just because he loved it so much he's still he was way past the period when you would think he would meddle every race. There was still a possibility of him getting on a podium because he was just that good. But he raced so late into his career just because he loved it. And obviously, he wasn't in anywhere near as injured. But there are some people that just continue to race because they love it so much. And there are others that race purely because they want to win. And with the state Von's knees are in, I don't know whether it's worth racing a huge amount more. Perhaps more time off will do her some favours and... Uh, um give her a chance to come back strong because if well. she, if she can get that strength back, she is a phenomenal speed skier.
0: Oh, she certainly is it's it's tricky. We talk about coming back from injuries. You have to come back to the you have to get back to the level you were when you got injured. But the sport moves on. So Lindsay's been out for a year, so she has to get back to her level that she was at a year ago and the sport has moved forward. So it's you have to get back to where you were and get better. And it's time, time's running out, you know, not in the grand scheme of things, but it's only getting harder for her to take these wins that she's looking for. It's a tough one. And I think only she's going to really know what's going on. And and we're going to speculate to the, until she releases a statement. I hope that she does, because I think it's going to be a great story if she gets this record, but it seems like a long way off after last weekend's action. Um, Let's have a quick look at the Super G. Michaela Schifrin taking another Super G win. Tina Weireiter in second and Tamara Tipler in third.
1: Again, another really close race, this one. I think the podium was within two tenths of each other. So although Schifrin wins again, um, which at the start of the season we were saying she's been working really hard on her speed. It'll be interesting to see what she can do, and she hasn't we been beaten yet. yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's she's lost more slaloms than she's lost super Gs so far, which definitely isn't something yeah, you would true. you would think would happen. She just looks so comfortable in speed skis, and a, a lot of tech racers when they do make that transition across few super Gs into downhills, sometimes they really don't look comfortable. They're quick but they don't look like they want to. It looks like she, she's been there her whole career. She? It, it looks so natural. It was good. What was always good was to see Tina Virata back on the podium. She had a bit of a hit and miss season so far. I think she podiumed quite early on, but then it was 33rd in one of the downhills. I was like, what's, what's, going, what's going on yeah. with Tina? She's normally, you know, you expect, you know, top five regularly from her and she just doesn't quite look like she's got the form that she had maybe last season or the season before and Tamara Tipler just taking a podium just well you know the Austrians had nine podiums between the men and the women this weekend
0: and we talked right at the start of the season how the Austrians
1: hadn't won and hadn't podiumed Enough. Enough. Apart, if you take Marcel Hirscher out of the equation, he was carrying the entire Austrian squad on his back. They're smashing him. They've got loads. And it was quite good to see as well, because we said earlier in last week's podcast that there are a couple of big injuries. With Brunner and Veith going down for the season, obviously Brunner's more of a of a tech skier. Veith is an all rounder, but to have the other women in the squad step up in the speed events and and say, look, that you know we've lost a couple of our marquee racers, but. We've got more than enough to keep pushing forwards. And Schifrin is over 600 points in front of the next nearest person and in we're the only overall half, right now. And we're only halfway through. She could get to the other side of the world champs and just not bother racing until World Cup finals and go just yeah. and literally just turn up to pick up the globes. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is ridiculous. I mean, Hersha is 400 points clear in the men's, struggling a little bit for form <laughs> for the yeah. 400 point lead. <laughs> yeah. But those that shows just how dominant that is. From the pair of them yeah. to be so far in front, I've do consistency I of that is insane, isn't it? I cannot in, remember the last time like two people have been so dominant in 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 their respective. Uh, I guess o- I guess in the overall, as it is, like, yeah. Von's dominated before, but where she doesn't do the tech events as well, uh, some of the Austrians probably would have got a bit closer to her. And obviously, we've seen years where the likes of Miller and people have, have won, but. You don't normally get to, you know, the middle of January and 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 have a six hundred and four hundred point no, lead from the two favourite. Even though they're winning, there's still some close races going on, and and obviously in Hirsch's case this weekend he didn't get the win. And let's talk about Garmisch for the ladies with
0: downhill and superg. We touched on a minute ago. It's very dark in Garmisch. The sun, it doesn't get a lot of sunlight on the course, lots of shadow, lots of shade, and it's forecast to be very cold. So it's going to be a really tough and rough piece for the ladies down there. But you still can't help but look past. I think Stu has been skiing so well. She's been going from strength to strength since the comeback of this injury. I very, very much doubt Schifrin is going to put on the Super G skis in, in Garmisch. Do you reckon? <laughs> Only because it's
1: it's tu- It's really, really tough. Sure. But she's winning, the, she's As, undefeated. I was going to say, if I, if, if I was in a position of being able to clean sweep one of the uh, race disciplines for the season, I'd probably keep going. Yeah, well, um, I, wonder if that's, I wonder if that's now a thing. I wonder if that's now
0: a, it's a thought be. process, isn't it? Well, I'm undefeated in superdu. shall I just carry on? Whereas if she'd you know, picked up a, a couple of less good results, then she'd maybe go, that's not worth the risk.
1: Yeah, I think she took a break a couple of weeks ago in the the race she was planning on skipping was, was cancelled, so it, it wasn't the end of the world. It gave her time to then come back for Cortina and, and race in the Super G there. I don't see why she wouldn't, unless she's managing her workload. Mm. Um, she's in such good form that if she's feeling fresh enough, uh, there's no tech races for, for the women, so it would just be that one day of Super yeah. G. I don't see why she wouldn't go for it, Keep the keep the streak. Yeah, well, maybe you're right. She's so young as well that she shouldn't be having quite the strains on her body that some of the older racers yeah. have when you've been doing it's it, a, you know, 10 seasons or so. You might pick and choose your races a bit more generally when you're in your early 20s. You've got a lot more energy and you don't fatigue quite as easily. Let's talk pick, shall we? Downhill on Saturday, who is your money on? Uh, I'm going to say Schmidhofer, who came second in downhill number two in Cortina. Um, I don't know if Siebenhofer will be able to back up those two wins. Um, The Austrians are in pretty good form right now. Um, That team's going to be buzzing. Uh, They're going to be pushing each other in training, so... I feel it's almost cheating picking Stephen Hoffer straight off off the back of two wins in a row, so uh, Schmidhofer's my, my pick for that.
0: I am going to go Stuhetz. I think she's getting stronger and stronger Two podiums in two
1: races. You, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a strong, it's a strong pick.
0: If you start last week, I'm a
1: hundred percent. If <laughs> You won't start it from the beginning if of the season, we'll start it from. You can rough. rename your podcast from last week to <laughs> episode one. Hundred <laughs> percent, uh, and then the super G for the ladies. I'm going to say Vicky Ravensburg from. Germany she looked a little bit more like her old self last week it's a, it's a bit of an outside out there pick so
0: you don't think Schifrin's gonna race or you do think she's gonna I race. think she's gonna she's race really I'm
1: mean. just I'm just not I'm just not picking her because it's too because oh, she's, yeah. she's 100% yeah exactly <laughs> okay I'm, I'm gonna go with Wendy Holdner
0: I think it's time for her to get her maiden win so I'm gonna go win Wendy Holdner This episode is sponsored by Maison Sport, the marketplace connecting skiers with independent ski instructors. From personal experience, I know that having the right ski instructor or coach has a huge impact on your skiing.
1: That's right. Maison Sport have made it possible to book fully qualified independent instructors directly. You can choose an instructor that suits you based on their experience and reviews, whilst often saving money on the cost of the lessons. This service is available across France, Italy, Switzerland and
0: Austria. For more information go to Maisonsport.com. Okay, let's now move on to what has to be the highlight of this coming weekend across any sport. Don't you think? Any sport? We're we talking any sport. I'm gonna talk you're in any you're sport. Talking about salmon? Yeah. <laughs> no, downhill. Um we're going to talk about Kitzbühel and the Hun and Calm. How excited are you to watch it this weekend?
1: This one's fun. So, Wengham so is all things endurance and just scenic and just beauty of the mountains. Kitzbühel and the Hun and Calm is just chaos from start to finish. One's it's just like one's speed.
0: One's classical radio and one is house it's a heavy metal yeah okay yeah that's
1: probably better yeah (laughs) it is it is crazy um you watch years gone by and the fact that there's a speed it takes you to get up to 60 kilometers an hour and it's like a couple of seconds or three seconds or something on the tv graphics it is it is brilliant and you can see no matter how good some of these guys are you can actually see the fear or apprehension in them at the top of that oh. slope. And that's not something you see from downhill racers often. No. The reason they're World Cup downhill racers is because they're not scared of anything on a mountain. Yet this run scares people.
0: <laughs> uh, it's it's the best weekend though, isn't it? It's so cool. And we kick off with the Super G on the Friday. The Super G is technical, it's tough, it's got jumps and it's got that infamous fall away You know, right foot fall away, coming across that traverse, Uh, and and the the crowds that they're expecting fifty thousand, maybe not for the the Friday, but certainly over the weekend on the Saturday, you'll see fifty thousand spectators lining the finish. Every anybody from you know Eddie Jordan that go there, Arnold Schwarzenegger will be there. David Coulthard goes. You know, the biggest of the big
1: names it's it's like a Enjoy little it. celeb spotting competition in the finish area sometimes at, at Kipsborough what i just want to see is just just how hard the guys are willing to go at it it is one of those races where you, the more you back off it the more it's going to punish you i just can't wait to see what especially after last weekend Spindale looking a bit more like himself just what he's got in there if his body's in good shape He's going to be tough to contend with this weekend.
0: Yeah, there's something about the strife, isn't there? That course, like you said, out of the start gate, up to 60 miles an hour in, in about four seconds... And then you've got that big jump right at the top. The mouse of Fala is a monumental jump. And the, the piece is always injected to within an inch of its life as well. You've got those big style hang turns. That's that big left footer turn just before the uh, that really long flat section. That is the part where Bodie Miller skied up the nets. And, oh, that was brilliant. Uh, and still won <laughs> which in itself. is ridiculous. <laughs> like a bit of wall riding in a ski race. <laughs> uh, because that, fir- that first 30 seconds of that track is madness and that after the star hang you have that flat section and that's your only chance to catch your breath and go right okay so i've survived the first bit and here comes (laughs) you know here comes the next bit just got enough time to catch your breath before you have to do it all over again in the bottom section exactly you've got a couple of big jumps across there and then you come to that little flat section before the what's now the red bull jump or the hausberg canter as you launch off, and you can see it, the camera angle's perfect, and you just see the crest of the jump, and you can see the finish area of the stadium and all the thousands of fans in the bottom. And then again, and you've you still up. got a big turn to do yeah, before you get there. There's a row of nets. Before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you land heavy on that right foot, and then you come across that traverse, and then you drop, you know, you're holding on to the deer life as you're bouncing across there, and you drop down into the uh, into the zeal, and you're just hammering down there, 140-odd Ks into the finish, and then, yeah, there is a wall of noise. That race is insane. The Super G itself is a little bit easier because you don't have that madness at the start, but then you still have to contend with that bottom section. You still go off the uh, Hausberg canter, the Red Bull jump, and you still have to do that big, massive fall away.
1: And there's been some quite big crashes on the Hausberg canter in Super G and downhill in the last few years. Uh, I seem to recall a few years ago there was definitely a problem just before the roll of the jump obviously a lot of the modern jumps are kind of cut away to make it look more extreme but where the crest of the rise would be just leading into it there were there (laughs) were people just having catching edges and i don't know if there was like a a dip in the slope or something but hopefully after all the snow they have had in the last few weeks they can get it really packed down iced properly
0: And, and so the
1: super g in itself is a special event
0: and just kicks off the just the most mad weekend. The fans go absolutely ballistic for it. If you ever get the chance to go and watch the Hanukkah, make sure you go and absorb everything great about Austria. Everybody's so friendly. The locals absolutely love it, and everybody's so passionate about skiing. The the town. Goes nuts when the, when the circus leaves town. It turns it's a lot of bottles of Jaeger yeah. on the floor. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a brilliant event, and I, and I expect to see it in exactly the same light this year. When I raced Kitzbühel, I just did the super G. I raced the year before the Olympic Games. Didn't you know,
1: fancy the top section. Didn't fancy the downhill. <laughs> and
0: now, having retired, obviously, I do I regret not doing it I had my best world cup finish in super
1: G was actually at Kitzbühel I absolutely loved it yeah I do I regret not doing it now from the race organizers perspective obviously it's good to have that Friday to build things up with the super g so then everyone's there yeah and downhill
0: is the downhill is the big ticket downhill is the biggest draw for the weekend it's obviously bigger than the super g and it's bigger than the slalom and so you're going to put your superstar event on the saturday but you still get thousands and thousands of people coming in for the
1: friday It it looks awesome it's one of those ones where they they set the event up really well and then when you're watching on tv they've got all of the camera angles, absolutely. Now, there are some World Cup pieces where they just can't get the cameras in the right place to either show you quite how impressive the number of fans is or quite how scary or dangerous the pieces are. Yeah. Whereas Wengen and Kitsby will have that down to a T. They've got camera angles for everything. and oh, with, yeah. With the likes of GoPros and stuff, and they've got ones like Berry just inside the gates and stuff. It's, it's awesome.
0: Should we, we start?
1: Uh, are you ready to do some pictures? Yeah. Always, always really see some picks. Been thinking about this all week. I think this is I think, <laughs> actually, I think men's speed at the moment, I think is probably the hardest one. Oh, so think. for the Super G, I thought Svindau again. He's looking quite strong, he's looking quite confident. And I feel just, just that slightly shorter bit of taking away that top section might just do play enough in his favour that he can carry on the form he'd got without worrying about injuries, which surely must still be in the back of his mind the amount of kind of big injuries he's had, he's had in the last few years. So I think yeah. Super G's probably gonna be his, his best chance for, for the gold this weekend.
0: My pick for win in
1: Super G is Max Friends. Ooh he's one of my favourites Max Frenz. I
0: think I think
1: after his big crash
0: at the weekend, which he Dusted himself off and walked away from his crash in Vengen. Yeah, he was caught him out.
1: He was skiing really well in that. He looked like there was there was a chance of him making the podium. Obviously, that last turn is so crucial. You don't know how good a shape he would have been in. He looked like he could have could have been in the mix for a, for a podium shake up. So he's skiing well, and he will definitely be annoyed at not finishing Vengen. Yeah. Max was actually my pick for the downhill. Oh, so, um, you, so Max, friends for the downhill. So I just I just feel like if if there's a track on the World Cup that suits the absolute raw aggression that Max Franz has got is is this one. Because he just refuses to back off from anything. So, yeah, I've I've got Max Franz for the the downhill. For the
0: downhill, I'm going to choose one of the Italians. I'm not sure if Paris or Innehofer. You can't, again you can't have both of them. I'm on 100% from last week. <laughs> <laughs> I think, ooh, is it going to be icy enough for Innehofer? I'm going to go Paris. Dominic Paris, I think. Big, brutal, strong bloke. He's definitely got the strength. I think it's so difficult to call, but yeah, I'm going to stick my neck out and say Dominic Paris. He hasn't gone well in the training runs, though. The uh, train run was won by Matthias Meyer. And then uh, and then obviously we've still got Sunday the slalom from Kittsville. And then we've got another slalom again on Tuesday from Schladming for the night
1: slalom. So two slaloms in 72 hours. Which isn't too bad for the slalom guys. You know, they're, they'll have the first part of the weekend off. There's not too many guys doing downhill and slalom these days. No, there wouldn't um, be to anybody doing it, actually. For them, racing 72 hours apart isn't isn't that big a deal, provided the the travel and the... And the races themselves are brutal. They're only short runs mm-hmm. and slalom. It's well, all right. Easy for the slalom skiers, isn't it? Well, you were saying about building up for the biggest event of the weekend. <laughs> the biggest events on Sunday. <laughs> when, when uh, you know, our man Dave's going to do the business. Dave's going to do the business. He's going to do the business. He's had he's had a couple of really positive performances. We said earlier he's going in the right direction. I'm not too sure that how this piece matches up for Dave. He seems like sometimes he seems to look like he's more suited to some of the shallower and flatter slaloms, and then he goes out and has absolute monster runs at Venga, and he's just like, no, I, I like. I like the steep ones as well it's tough to call with Dave and at the moment he's still up and down
0: because we're seeing a lot of second run charges aren't we from him we did see most most of a first run charge from him in Vengen. Kittsville obviously is the home of his best result so is Dave going to win I think it's going to be really tough for Dave to win I think that he is sort of at the front of like this little second group that's sort of appearing he's got the skills to compete with the the top seven which I think is on the start list the top seven I think they are tending to be the top seven really and dave has got the skill set to be in there but that inconsistency over the two runs has just meant that it's too far away from him i think as an overall
1: result if he can get another podium before the world champs and really try and force that issue of getting into that first seed because he had that first seed bib number a couple years ago and he looks so much more confident he's had a bit of bad luck with bib drawing like 15 and 13 and stuff so when you're in that second seed if you get drawn eight or nine and you're going after a TV break, it's not too bad, but they had a bit of a, bit of a rough ride of the draws in the last few races. His first runs are looking a lot more confident than solid, so if he can put down a first run and put himself into the mix, then it's going to be cracking to see him. If he can, if he can do what he did before and just get another podium in Kittsfield, well, that'll be incredible.
0: And so shall we do a
1: little call for... Kittsville slalom Sunday. My my pick for the slalom was Schwartz. He had those couple of leading the first runs and then DNFs and won the combined. He looked in pretty good form in Wengen. He made a couple of mistakes, which which cost him the, the podium position, but he was still there or thereabouts. He was up there with the rest of the the guys uh, in the Austrian team. They had five in the top ten. Yeah, 50% about. of the top ten was all Austrian last week. So, obviously, you want to see something from Hersher in terms of a response after last week. You want to see him get his first run right in this dip in form. His second runs have been pretty exceptional every week. But uh, in terms of just outright pick, I'm, I'm going I'm to say Schwartz. I try and stay away from Hersher just because he's so he's so, so, he's so big a favourite.
0: So Sch- is Schwartz your favourite? Is Schwartz your pick? Yes. Including Hirscher, Or We just don't are pick Hirscha. Are you not picking Hersher Because now, all of a sudden, it's not you know the beginning of the season... We weren't picking Hirsch because it was almost nailed on, which he obviously isn't nailed on anymore. Let, let's open. And you let him up. back in. Yeah, let's. I'm going to put and straight So you think he's going to win? Absolute favorite. Yeah. So you think he's going to win? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to stick with Noel. I'm going to stick with Clement Noel. I think this piece has got a good amount of undulation, like Wengen And Noel was so dominant in that first run last weekend that I I think he's still got it even. Even if we are including Hirsch into the picks, I think he has got what it takes to take another win. Let's talk about Schladning, which is another mental race. It's a Tuesday night, night slalom. The fans go properly, properly mental there. And there are one, so for the one race, the first run doesn't get as many in because people still have to work. And they get about 40,000 in. And by the end of it, I think it's up to about 60,000 fans. It's not just in the finish area. They line the
1: slope top to bottom and they're 10 deep. It makes me wonder just what these people do in the day, that they can get to the resort and walk halfway up the side of the mountain. Because a lot of them, they're not there with lift passes and skiing halfway down the slope. They're walking from the bottom to a point where they think they'll be able to see something. And even then they won't. (laughs) <laughs> um, it's not something you see too often in ski racing, but we've had, the last few years we've had, snowballs getting thrown, not necessarily yeah. at Christopherson, but over him while he was skiing, which was a pretty it, poor I, form yeah, from the Austrians. Yeah, I think the
0: Austrians were probably aiming at him, but the amount of alcohol they consumed meant that they were, thankfully, not very accurate.
1: We have, if an Austrian takes a lead in the last 10 of the second run, inevitably there will be some flares going off um, and the remaining racers will be skiing through some red smoke yeah. in the last like, 10, 15 gates. It is just electric atmosphere there. Um, it's the kind of thing that, pardon me, wants to just throw Manny Feller's name out there. I've already said Schwartz, but it's the kind of thing that that atmosphere, if he can feed off it, oh, yeah. would be electric. Like, I think he skied really well there the other year when he had a green moustache, which oh, uh, yeah. rings, but yeah, he's that kind of person. He how <laughs> homage to the green light. If you, if you take the lead. <laughs> I have no idea what he's going to to. He seems like a person who decides something's a good idea and just goes with it. But he's starting to he's starting to skew a bit better. I think his confidence will be so high after outright beating Hersha straight yeah, up no, in yeah. two runs. He still didn't get the win and obviously that's going to be hugely frustrating for him. But think how rarely he does two runs and beats Hersha. That will yeah. do wonders for his confidence as well. So, clear as mud. That was. My pick was Schwartz. Right it, from the uh, start. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you... I'm just really excited oh, okay. about everyone
0: <laughs> So you're sticking with him? With Schwartz. Yeah.
1: How's your yeah. for uh, Kitsbiel, Schwartz for... I okay. okay. I'm a bit torn.
0: I, I'd like... I think it's a bit of head and heart. I think I'd like to see Christofferson win. He's not got to win this season. That's no, and, and ridiculous. I think that, and, I, and I think that's why I want him to win. I I, I kind of think that he might have something here. I, I hope he does, because we saw a glimpse of it in Wengen where he put some really nice sections together. And I think he just made that mistake just before the finish, didn't he? And, and, and that may have cost him a, potentially a spot on the podium, actually. So Hart says Christofferson that he might find the form and otherwise... I was going to say Marco Schwarz as well, but I will not because that would be boring. I don't know that Clemens I is going to get it back again. I think that piece is too straight up and down. So I I'm, like I'm, I'm your fella, your fella chat. I'm going to go with Manu fella.
1: It'd be interesting to see the the Swedes this season. Haven't quite got their act oh, together no. in Sweden. They've got much more pedigree than they're showing. You know, being while they've got the reigning Olympic champions, yeah, uh, uh, it, it, is there? They just don't quite seem. Right this year, didn't they?
0: No, because you've got Hagen and Andre Murat and the two of them are getting by racing standards a little long in the tooth. They don't don't really have any youngsters that are on the World Cup yet, do they? I mean, there's the... I can't remember his name. There is a young Swede who's had a couple of... Jakobsen. Is it Jakobsen? uh, Who's come in from outside the 30, but they haven't, they sort of missed a generation. They don't have anybody filling in, in that gap. That crazy scheme from Hagen isn't paying off, which we're so used to seeing it paying yeah. off in the past. And Andre Murra, that strength, that power that served him so well seems to be not, pulling for him either
1: this year. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame and, and obviously last weekend also saw JB Grange he doing get injured. Knee. So he did
0: his ACL. It's not even crashing.
1: No, it was, it was, it's heartbreaking to watch as well. Got a, he's been on such good form this year when you think of the, the like we've talked about a couple of times the, the French little Tech team really starting to have a good bond and really push each other on. You know he, you, you know he's coming towards the end of his career, so to have that kind of injury. Is it going to be the end of J.B. Grange? I really hope not, because he is such a brilliant skier to watch. And there's going to be no one for Liz Roo to have old man jokes with uh, if JB's not on the bus anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just what, like old school, like dad jokes that the two of them are just laughing and the youngsters are like, oh, different generation. You don't get it. You not get it. Talking exactly. about cassettes and VHS. <laughs> <laughs> and just before we go, what do you think about Laurie Taylor's chances of getting a second run in either or
1: both Kitzbühel and Schladming? Well, like you said, Schladming's not a particularly taxing piece. Just, it is... Pretty straight up and down. Obviously, it's it's a World Cup race and the course will, by no doubt, be incredibly difficult. But he's had to contend with an awful lot in the last two weekends. There's no end of ridiculous steeps and fallaways and all sorts on the last two weekends worth of slalom. So he's going to be probably best placed for the Schladming one in terms of you've got the atmosphere. The piece will be bulletproof at night. They're not going to have anything to worry about. And if the first course is set, you know, not too ridiculously, I, th- I think that's probably the, the the best of the options. Yeah, I, mean, I tend to agree with you, actually. I think that the fact that Schladming isn't
0: the most tricky of piece means that it's all about his technique and about his skiing rather than trying to deal with the terrain that's getting thrown at you as well. Yeah, and, you know,
1: there's nothing to say he won't be able to in Kitzbühel as well. Again, it's not one of the most challenging Slalom piece, it's It'll got to fall away there, doesn't it? And a cup, and that there's a road that goes across the middle,
0: middle which is quite abrupt.
1: It almost turns into a jump in slalom mm-hmm. that road sometimes. Depending on how much uh, snow there is and how much people build it up, but you no, know, we've seen glimpses of what you can do. Um, for certain sections of runs i think it was 36th after the first run in Ving, and so he's close to it in those runs there have been mistakes that he'll probably know he can remove from his skiing so hopefully dave will be there in his ear trying to keep his confidence up because if he starts backing off runs to try and get down yeah, that you, you, can, you can you can you can kiss the 30 goodbye because the guys coming down all the way down to 60 are going flat out so you know, he just needs to keep his confidence up and really attack and, and, and be confident in himself and his abilities. But I'd say I'd say Schladming's probably the better option of the two for getting the second run, but there's nothing to stop him doing it either. Awesome. Well thanks very much, Ben. That's all we've got
0: time for, for this week. And we look forward to seeing how the guys get on in Kitspiel and then Schladming and the ladies get on in Garmisch. Thanks for your company. See you next week. Goodbye for now.